And then psychic. It's the coolest fuck concept. <laughs> like, honestly, fucking. I love it. But also, like, let me tell you, I love Wales. I love this whole business. I love this business, but also just like, okay, I know Wales are intelligent. <laughs> but but also I love this but also, it's one of those moments where just like this is a sci-fi series we tried real hard with our animal facts but also whales are psych kind of well, like, we don't know yeah. this is one of those things where it's like it could be true no it could be true you are absolutely right Izzy if yeah. I acquire the ability to morph and end up chatting to some whales I will I let you know I promise <laughs> this is one of those things that I'm like surprised I don't remember from this book because I remembered as I was reading this book I remembered quite a bit oh, really? but I didn't remember that whales were psychic <laughs> one thing I didn't remember alright and yeah. to be clear the book doesn't frame it as that it's like yeah. this really beautifully written moment of connection yeah. between Cassie and this whale yeah my mind human dolphin both minds opened up like a flower opening to the sun and a silent but somehow huge voice filled my head. It spoke no words. It simply filled every corner of my mind with a simple emotion. Gratitude. The whale was telling me that it was grateful. We had saved it. Now it would save our schoolmate. I really like it because there's a poetry to that that's beautiful, but also whale songs make yeah. me feel like that. And I mm -hmm. get it. Like mm -hmm. there is something that it feels like it, resonates mm -hmm. in your bones almost mm -hmm. and it, it's beautiful and i i love that that for all that it's fun to make like gently poke fun yeah it's beautiful these books are yeah. well written and it's lovely yeah mm -hmm. um but like everyone can back up uh and like the others are picking up on it too or feeling it um tobias lands next to marco now that the humpback whale is above the surface um and it's great now and now we have cassie's mind meld with the whale um mm. and it's very cute that he calls it's, her little it's one very good. yeah um yeah i just had tobias said it was only 10 minutes but during that 10 minutes i was lost to the world i was being shown a small part of the whale's thoughts and he talked about hey he's been eight, he's 80 years old he's had many mates many mothers uh his children traveled there. and it's beautiful I feel like this is one of those ones where you can tell what animals care they really like. <laughs> yeah. And it's and it's good. It is. It's real good. And it's good. And it's very good. But we have this lovely interaction and and Cassie's uh, beautiful description of it. And uh, the whale observes the mm -hmm. he's never seen a dolphin become a human before. <laughs> and like but he's got that intelligence and awareness. Yeah. Um and uh, she explains about how they're not truly dolphins. And he's just like, no, you're something new in the sea, but you're not the only new thing in the sea. Mm -hmm. And he is able to give them the location of what he senses as um, a picture, a memory, a broad glassy, grassy plain with trees and a small stream, all of it underwater. And across the grass ran an animal that was part deer, part scorpion, part almost human. I'm just like, why the fuck did a whale know what a deer looked uh, like? Hey, fun fact, fun <laughs> fact, deer used to be whales. Okay, I've heard about how moose can swim, so we'll come back to that, and that's just... Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, but, I mean, also he's the the whale is showing her an image, and and I she's think she's Rick describing the image it, to, yeah, to be fair. Her, so. Yes, you're right. But yeah, uh, he and tells he tells her where where it, it is. is. 
And then she, quote unquote, wakes up. That's how it felt anyway. The whale released me. It was like coming out of a dream. <laughs> and Jake, are you okay? You were starting to worry us, but we had this feeling maybe the whale didn't want us to interfere. I'm sorry, just noticing a line that I didn't really click in before, just like, uh-huh, I said, still lost in images from my mind, larger and older and so utterly strange. Whales aren't psychic, they're yeah. eldritch. There we go. Yeah. That explains it. <laughs> I could totally believe that whales swam in from another plane of existence and just like are just chilling out in the deep. Fucking oceans are weird. We did, we just remake Star Trek. The whales are aliens. <laughs> I had that thought. I had that thought. I'm not gonna lie. I mean it was like a space whale. Yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting to describe whales. the whales as like eldritch because that implies that that otherness, but it also brings in this, and I made a note about it earlier in the doc about like this is like a look into social structures on the planet that humans are unaware of. And it's really interesting mm. because humans don't understand the way that this works, but these kids are getting a look into that and understanding, oh, the things on the mm. this planet are not just completely like just they're not just mindless the way that we think a lot of animals are. They mm -hmm. have thoughts and feelings. And even if they're just, oh, I want a nut. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Why was that the phrasing you chose? <laughs> it oh God! I'm sorry. <laughs> You're fine. Jesus fuck. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it, but exactly. I actually read to try and get us vaguely back on topic. What topic? <laughs> uh, out of context, Escafil files. Um, but I read a thing about. The whole notion in like eldritch horror and things like mm -hmm. that about what it means to go mad when you are exposed to the eldritch mm -hmm. and just did this great explanation it's just what it is is being forced to reconcile with a perspective on your own reality that you never had before it makes you think about mm -hmm. how many of those people and were that... actually mad or just being interpreted as going insane by mm -hmm. the people around them because the people around them don't understand yeah. what they now understand yeah. A whale to yeah. Have, <laughs> to you? What the fuck? Yeah. To have a perspective that other people don't and a level of understanding, why wouldn't it look like madness to people that didn't have that information? Mm -hmm. And it and it goes back like that. But I just find it interesting the way you're saying about uh the kids getting understanding where humans are notoriously oh, yeah. bad at this. Like hell, like Western people being unable to deal with cultures radically different. Like that's what anthropology is. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. trying to understand cultures that aren't your own yep and trying to and being forcibly being able to eject out of your own perspective into something into somebody else's it's very good it's dope shit mm -hmm. yep they all uh marco remorphs and his tail is perfect and healthy and undamaged uh they all swim back to shore um and uh kind of reflect on the whale because it starts to sing when they get away. Um, and uh, <laughs> we have this funny, awesome little moment where so Cassie good. explains that he's not singing for uh, the dolphins, but singing for uh, what she calls the mothers, which is just female whales. 
<laughs> just fucking Marco, my son. Just yeah. like, she's like, he sings for the Bucks. Like, what? He sings for me. Ah, cruising for chicks. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, and, oh, and then again, into a serious that. moment. I yeah. wonder if the big old guy even realizes that he helped save my life. Marco, that big old guy realizes things yeah. you and I will never even be able to guess. Like, Marco. <laughs> Marco, I love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then we have this, uh, the next, we move on, and it's Cassie going to check on Marco. Because of course she does. Because of course she does. I have a lot of feelings about this scene. It's very good. Um, so he and his dad live in an apartment complex. Uh, Cassie notes that um, Marco used to live just down the street from Jake, which is probably how they became childhood friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but when his mother died, uh, his father had a breakdown and had to quit his job. Uh, and now they don't have the money to keep up the mortgage um and uh we get the we also get the detail that marco doesn't really invite people over to his place um because uh she posits because he's embarrassed that they don't have much money um he's probably also embarrassed of his dad as we learn here in a second um Mm -hmm. where you know she knocks on the door um we hear marco's voice tell his dad to put his bathrobe on um and uh marco looks annoyed to see cassie on the doorstep um but she just wants to talk to him about what happened the previous day um marco hesitates look i'm spending the day with my dad okay we're thinking maybe we'll you know do something together um that's good i said over marco's shoulder i could see his father he was wearing a bathrobe and sitting on the couch he was staring at the tv That was normal for any dad, I guess, on a weekend morning, but I had the feeling that Marco's dad was always sitting right there in front of the TV. Um, She asks if she can come in, and he says no and steps out and closes the door behind him. I have a lot of feelings about Marco in the direction of someone who has lost a parent, because I Mm -hmm. lost my dad a few years ago, and it's just one of those things where seeing the active grief with him even if he's playing it off or trying to like it's uh surfacing as a different emotion is something Mm -hmm. that is like very relatable to me um and his dad tears my whole heart out (laughs) yeah I just I have emotions about anytime there is a child in media who has lost a parent (laughs) have emotions yeah like i i lost my dad um how old was i let me do some reverse maths it was after university Mm. so significantly older but yeah yeah, it was the year before i met my partner so 2009 um yeah so i was 23 yeah 23 but like yes absolutely but also seeing the impact that the loss of him had on my stepmom. Um, it's interesting. I was speaking to my mum a couple of weeks ago, and she and my dad had been divorced for like a few years by that point and weren't really talking. But hearing her 
talk about how much losing my dad hurt, even when they weren't actively in each other's lives anymore, and how, like, he'd been one of her best friends. And it's just, they're just, like, finding... It's the same thing with, like, my mom and dad. They got divorced uh, five or six years before my dad died. And, like, he was one of my mom's best friends, even though they weren't, like, they didn't live in the same state. They weren't particularly close anymore. But, like, my mom was just destroyed. Mm. It's one of those things. And um, being witness to our parents' grief or to just adult grief when you are a child. Like, uh, I lost a school friend when I was about 10 years old. Um, She'd been sick for a very long time. But I remember talking to my dad about it and knowing that he had lost friends to, like, cancer and whatever. Um, And seeing my dad cry and realizing what loss meant to adults or just seeing it, hits you hard as a kid because you're so used to seeing your parents as being the pillars of strength in your life. You rely on them when things are bad with you. And so the tragedy of Marco having to do that for his dad because his dad just falls apart. And knowing what I think I'm fairly certain I know about future books makes it (laughs) suck even more. Like so much. So keeps on coming but the fact loop keeps on going. But Marco is protecting his dad in this moment. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's clearly an embarrassment factor because you know we're we're kids. They're kids, like obviously yeah. that. But he is keeping his dad safe. That's his guiding thing. He talks about it enough. Mm-hmm. And as I said before about him being a carer and being in that role for his dad meaning he doesn't get to be a child grieving the loss of his mother because he has to look after his dad, is deeply upsetting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there's a little bit of that with me because I'm, a, I'm also like a military child, so there was always this fear with my mom that my dad was going to die while on active duty. And mm. dealing with that as a child, like I only think about it now because I'm an adult and can reflect upon like, those the actions that my mother took and how they affected me as a child my mom was very Mm. open about talking about her depression she felt bad um things like that and on one hand kids should understand these things on the other hand if you don't talk about it in the correct way it can fuck them up (laughs) yeah and so like this stuff with marco where marco has to think about the things that affect like his dad and the things that he does reminds me a lot of i thought a lot about money and death and Mm -hmm. like my parents emotions as a child and what i could do to try and like make that easier on them which is not a thing i should have been thinking about to the degree that i was Mm -hmm. uh and it it just it hurts me (laughs) Mm -hmm. this hurts me a lot and as to loop back as they go on and they have uh, Cassie and Marco have this conversation you get that vibe Marco is protecting now just like Jake does in his own way and Marco's just like yeah uh she's Cassie's just like I want to talk about yesterday and he's just like what about it and he's like you could have been killed it would have been my fault Mm 
this whole mission was my idea. Jake asked me if I should do it, and we said yes. And he's just like, that's it. Look, it wasn't your fault. This whole thing, we're doing this whole animal thing. I mean, it's been dangerous from the start. It's insanely dangerous. What else is new? Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, this is the reality. This is the thing I keep telling you guys about. Here it is. I chose this mm-hmm. as well. And Cassie's like, shrugs, what's new? I guess is the other times it was always someone else's idea. And fucking laser to the point. Mark was just like, oh, I get it. You don't like responsibility. Mm-hmm. And it's framed as a question. It's not, yeah, it's not framed as an accusation. It is a moment where they're understanding each other in a way that I don't think they were before. Trauma bonding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. But Cassie winces. So clearly it's just like Marco sees it. Yeah. In the same way that Jake realizes the weaknesses of things and knows how to manipulate people to do what he needs them to do, Marco makes the connections he is so smart mm-hmm. and yeah here, the thesis statement of book four cassie doesn't like responsibility <laughs> yep because yep. Um, yep. it is a horrifying thing especially when you are so compassionate and have mm-hmm. so much empathy yeah. the thought of then having to take on guilt on top of all the things you already feel mm-hmm. is a terrifying prospect and like i can't fucking make decisions all the time i mean I have my own neurodivergent reasons for hating making choices. They feel bad. They do. Um, they do. But as somebody that's often been forced <laughs> to make choices and stuff. Um, and they talk a little bit about this. And Cassie's just like, I don't want to get my friends killed. And Marco's just like, and I can assure you, your friends don't want to be killed. And I'm completely <laughs> opposed to getting killed. And then that. again, that switch to serious. But you know what? Sometimes bad things happen. That's the way it is. Because he knows. And we have that thing that you mentioned. Cassie's just like, I see things die all the time. Mm-hmm. Some things you can't make a bit, can't um, save them. But And talks about how our dad makes decisions about it. Yeah. And, and again, Marco's taking he's like, look here, I'm alive. Get over it. I didn't have to go. It was my choice. And we have this really great moment from Marco. And this ties back into what I was saying earlier about humor. And he's just like, I'm scared all the time. That's my secret, Cassie. <laughs> I'm yeah. always scared. It's scared to fight the Yerks, and I'm scared of what will happen if I don't. Yeah. It's really interesting. I just thought of this. Um, talking about things makes me notice them. Um, Cassie doesn't like having to think about decisions. If she has to think about it, she gets like paralyzed. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. she made that split decision like Marco morph. Yeah. She yeah. didn't think about it. She just knew like this might work. Do it. And it's yeah. interesting mm-hmm. to see that cuz I'm like that too. I can do impulsive decisions like freaking just go. Just do the mm-hmm. thing. Same. But if I have to think about it, the more <laughs> the more time you have to think about it, the harder it gets to. And do. then you're just yeah. paralyzed. And we see this yeah, we see this over and over and over and over and over and over and over, <laughs> and over with Cassie where it's just like she she is frighteningly capable of making decisions and doing things that none of the other animorphs could do or could think um and is extremely competent um mm-hmm. But it's always this when she gets in her head, when she has time to think about it, that uh, she she 
she regrets um, making the decisions that she makes, even though they're the right ones. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is actually something that the the Damon AU that I always, the His Dark Materials AU that I always keep shoving on people about, <laughs> that's Animorphs. Um, I still need to read Darren, that. who's, it's so fucking good, Izzy. It's in a tab on um, my phone to open, to read. I still have to read the Taxon Chronicles, like, that's open on my phone. There's so many things. Yeah. Mm. But, yes. Um, but the the way that Darren writes Cassie is very much highlights this uh, kind of two sides of a coin of being hyper competent, but also just being too much in her head and um, uh, paralyzing uh, indecision when having to think about things too much. And like her demon settles as a vampire bat in that series. Hmm. Um, And she like, first she, hates it and she has this whole crisis of being over it because like it's a vampire bat it's a bat that feeds on other animals like feeds on their it's a parasite almost um and her parents are like yes but also like the vampire bat is the one that takes care of its colony and like will uh go out and get food and bring it back to the ones who can't fly and all this other sort of stuff and it's just like "Mm, yep that's cassie Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Damon AUs always get me real hard because it's such yeah. a they force you to really think about the character because you have to consider what is the shape of their daemon because that represents who they are as a person. Demon AUs are where I live. Like mm-hmm. I, I adore mm-hmm. them and I will eventually suss out Kel's demon and all of my other characters' demons. Yeah. We've talked about this in the FTL, FTL server a bunch <laughs> about like some are our demons, guys. Yeah. Because it, and it's always me leading those conversations because it's I'm just like, good. I wanna talk about it. But, but um the AUs are good. The core yeah. of those stories is is I don't want to yeah. say it's good, but like the idea is really good. Those those mm. books aren't mm. <laughs> That's that, that's another that's that's for another podcast. Oh, I did. Um, it's not. Uh, it's not Darren who wrote that series. It's poetry, um, and their writing is very good. Um, but yeah, to get to get back in, uh, the sharing about being this fear and talking yes. about being scared, and I really appreciate. We have this moment where Marco's talking about scared, and then he says he corrects himself, uh, talking about Alfangor uh, and being um, not killed by Visser Three, but when he was murdered. Mm-hmm. And that difference in terminology means something, because mm-hmm. like you murder people, yeah. And he talks you, about how you... he sees that all the time in his head. Yeah. Trauma. And they talk trauma, um, and it's being scared. And then we have this revelation of just like it's not bad enough. We have to fight aliens. We also have to fight sharks. And he laughs, <laughs> at sharks, and he laughs. <laughs> And it makes Cassie laugh. We both and just it, stood there and giggled for idiots for like idiots for a few minutes. It was that laughter you get after something really tense has happened. Relief laughter. We are still alive laughter. And Marco <gasps> more than I think anyone else knows about why laughter is good because mm-hmm. it it it's how he helps people. It's that, like crying. It mm-hmm. helps. It helps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, yeah, we have this great little moment of the visual of the two of them looking out over this dry pool, laughing. Mm-hmm. And um, then we have this moment where Marco's just like, "Oh well, 
I was going to tell everybody, but we've got a problem. Um, saw in the newspaper. So there's a treasure hunter in town going to look at, for a lost ship off the, off the coast. And, oh, some big marine biologist has a ship and is going to be doing some underwater exploration off the coast. And Cassie's like, yeah, so? And Marco's just like, so? All of a sudden, our nearby ocean is very interesting. <laughs> and she's just like, controllers. And he's like, yeah. Uh, thinking about it's a cover story. And he posits that they're looking for the same thing that Cassie's looking for, mm -hmm. for the voice. And she's just like, I can't let people go out there again. We might not be lucky, so lucky. And I love how it puts, Marco looks uncomfortable here. He's just like, you know how I feel about this. I think we have to take care of ourselves and our families. On the other hand, I guess after what the Andalite did for us, I wouldn't feel like much of a human being if I didn't try to save whoever is out there. And she's like, I don't know if it's real. And he's like, but you think it's an Andalite. And just like, I don't know, if someone gets hurt, killed just because I have these dreams, I can't make these kinds of decisions. And so like, but you can decide to do nothing. That's a decision too. That's such a and, poignant line. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. The choice to not act. Yeah. And then, then we have this, then we have the thing, the fucking other mission statement of Cassie being as on the nose, knowing her friends as Marco does for observing, as Rachel does for taking in details, as they all do. Marco, you know, for a guy who's always joking around and being annoying, you're awfully smart. Just like, <laughs> yeah, I know, but don't tell anyone. And he jokes, <laughs> it would destroy my image. It's like, I got a reputation. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. If I meet, if I if I raise the bar, I have to meet it. <laughs> and yeah, there, there's this little good exchange about the sharks being deadly and how we forget that Earth is dangerous. Yeah. Um. It wouldn't it be funny if it was some alien that if it wasn't? Wouldn't it be funny if an alien didn't get us? It was some Earth creature. Cassie's just like I. I didn't think it was funny at all. And Marco grinned, just like okay, so not funny. Ha ha. More like funny weird. Yeah. Just like, ah, oh, yeah, been there too, buddy. Joke fell flat. Yep. And, living, that li living that life. And this is an interesting uh, parallel with just the regular guns. Mm-hmm. Just. The real world's got its own dangers. Yep. Yeah. I think about that a lot. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, so. All... Go ahead. No, you good. I've done loads of talking, please. <laughs> they I'm going to sit back from my microphone for a bit. <laughs> I keep trying to do that and then I keep leaning forward like but I have a thought. Um it's <laughs> good. They all meet up at Rachel's house for a meeting a few hours after Kate Cassie and Marco's conversation. Um Jake kind of lays everything out. Um he says we believe that somehow a surviving andalite or maybe more than one andalite is trapped out in the ocean. <laughs> Marco joking. Hopefully Andalites can hold their breath for a really long time. Everyone ignores Marco's joke. Uh, second, Cassie believes she can find this Andalite thanks to the information from the whale. Everyone kept a straight face for about <laughs> 10 seconds. Then all at once, everyone cracked up. <laughs> information from a whale. Marco repeated, <laughs> giggling. Have our lives gotten really weird or is it just me? Weird? Weird? Marco crowed. The talking bird wants to know if getting information on the location of an alien from a whale that you've just saved from sharks by turning into dolphins. You're suggesting that's weird? <laughs> Jake is being like, well, stay tuned. It just gets weirder. Um, <laughs> and oh, they... 
yeah, they lay out that it's too far for them to swim and have any time left over because of how far out it's going to be. So we have the plan. They're going to hop a ride on a ship, morphing into something. Uh, first, we morph into something like a seagull. Marco Grand, I hate plans that begin with the words, first we morph. <laughs> and Cassie just carries it on. We morph into seagulls. We fly out to the shipping channel, hop on a tanker, morph into human, rest, let the ship take them closer, jump over the side, morph to dolphin, go the rest of the way. Oh, well, when you put it that way, it sounds so easy, Marco sneered. How about if we just walk over to Chapman's house and tell him to call Vista 3 to finish us off? It's so much easier and the results will be the same. And Jake's just like, uh, it's dangerous, it's risky, 100 things that could go wrong. Plus, as Marco has told us, um, we have no reason to think the, we have reason to think controls will be out there. And I just thought this great moment. The idea gets better and better. Jake puts it to a vote and Marco instantly says I'm in a split second before Rachel says it and everyone just stares at Marco agape and she's like just once I wanted to beat Rachel to it he explained (laughs) it's very good I just had a thought about like where they are and it's if there's nowhere for them to stop then where they are doesn't have any barrier islands which rules out a significant portion of the east coast (laughs) so I'm like wait there are no islands yeah. There are a few islands we learn later, but they're not, I guess, in a predictable enough location. Um, slash they didn't think about it. Um, <laughs> slash they don't want to just power fly as seagulls when a ship can probably get them there faster. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we have the voting. Jake, uh, Tobias is like, I don't think I should vote. And Jake's just like, you had the dreams. Do you think we should do it? And Tobias is like, yeah, we had the dreams. I think it's real. And just like, okay, so that's a vote. Yep. Notice we, that Jake mm-hmm. doesn't put his vote in. I he, didn't notice that. Because he, oh. he votes last. Um, but, see what because Marco, else Rachel, because Marco, Rachel, and Tobias all said mm-hmm. to do it, he doesn't vote. He also cuts it off so that Cassie doesn't vote. Didn't notice that. Well, it's a majority vote. By the time three people say yes, yep. I fucking ah. Uh. Also, it's absolving Cassie of responsibility. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, Jake. <laughs> and we have a word. Just Turn your location on. <laughs> oh wait, they don't have cell phones. <laughs> yeah. But um. But turn your location on. I want to talk. Uh, but we, yeah, so they have this meeting, they do the vote, they leave, Marco heads off one way, Tobias flies off, uh, Jake and Cassie are walking together, and we have another one of those Cassie being so good moments where mm-hmm. she's I just cry. like, I think to- Tobias is feeling left out, you should talk to him and remind him of how many times he's helped us out. You mean like last book, how he took down an entire fucking ship by himself? Oh! <laughs> um, but Tobias will like, chronically just undersell himself and be like, no, but see, like, Yo, we're in it. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I wasn't in danger. You were in danger. I just got a dragon beam from a taxon and, and stared down Visser 3. Uh-huh. Like, Bobby! <laughs> well, and we have this moment where they just companionable silence and we have this quiet moment. It, uh, it's, like, well, it's one of the nice things about the relationship Jake and I have. We can be quiet together and feel okay about it. Mm-hmm. And then we have this exchange and mm-hmm. Cassie's just like, it's dangerous. Um, and he's like, yep. Yeah. And I get, we have one of these. This is not the first time in this series. 
Suddenly I stopped walking. I don't know why, but I had this need to tell him something. I took his hand and held it between both of mine. Jake, I said. Yes. It was on the tip of my tongue, but then it seemed ridiculous to say it. Fucking. <clears throat> so instead I said, look, don't ever get hurt, okay? And Jake smiled that smile. Me, I'm indestructible. I cry. I die. <laughs> the, the way he said it, I almost believed him. But then as he went his way and I headed towards home, I glanced up at the sky. Against the blaze of sunset, I saw a flash of russet tail feathers, Tobias, our friend who had been trapped forever in a body not his own. None of us was indestructible. I mean, he was probably eavesdropping on the entire conversation too, given he does that, but you know, uh -uh. I talking about him. <laughs> He's probably be waiting for them all to leave so we can go back to Rachel's room, let's be honest. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I'm mad at myself because I just had a pun come into my head. Oh no. Well, now you have to say it. Tobias is just being a good wingman. <laughs> Don't feel bad. Don't feel bad about that one. <laughs> I know. I feel like I should. On principle. But then, chapter 15. Again, I feel like the makers of Finding Nemo might have uh, read this. <laughs> my note. <laughs> uh, but the kids are more seagull, and they're having a great time spotting food. Stop. Finding yeah. Nemo mind gif. Yeah. Mind duck gif. Just mind, mind, mind. But they're just like, they, it's easy enough to get seagulls. There's yeah. plenty in the center. Uh, talks about the difference between being gulls compared to like birds of prey that they've been before. Mm -hmm. uh, know how they notice different things. And just like the seagull intelligence looks for anything, anything that could possibly be food. <laughs> um, but how gulls are similar enough to other birds that controlling them wasn't uh, an issue but just like once we did get started everyone was constantly pointing out food and it's very good and as somebody that lives on a relatively small island i am very familiar with the behavior of fucking seagulls oh yeah seals are oh they're buttheads they're great they were very good. i have seen seagulls dive bomb people for their chips on the yep. beach and win stealing yep. ice cream cones yep <laughs> i've seen a seagull large enough that I swear it could have flown off with somebody's baby. I live in the mountains now, but I uh, for like the vast majority until like the past five years, I'd live like coastal, and so like mm -hmm. fucking seagulls everywhere. I saw a seagull like a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, "Where the fuck did you come from? Mm -hmm. We're in the mountains." <laughs> if there it's is like, any water, <laughs> this is where we also have plovers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We have plovers. They live on. They live in one of the parks. It used to be a golf course, and they're just everywhere. We're like, why? Where did you come from? <laughs> um, um, something else that dates this is the jujube. I don't know what that is. It's a candy. <laughs> Fair. Um, <laughs> it's a candy that you don't see a lot anymore. Fair. Um, um, <laughs> we get this good observation about how being an osprey would be easier, um, less flapping. And we have this great, another moment of them seeing a pod of dolphins as they fly out. And Rage is like, it's great. We're doing this. We'll be like them. And Marco's just like, I'm the sharks uh, because he's Marco. Um, and then Jake's like, there's a ship up ahead. And Tobias just like, bitch, you just noticed. I should stop <laughs> paraphrasing the animorphs with swears. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is how you know it's Jade summing it up because there is additional swearing happening in the dialogue. Uh, and he's just like, yeah, seagull eyes suck. There's a container ship. I can read it on the side. It's from Monrovia. You want to know what color the captain's hair is? <laughs> uh, and it's very good yeah uh but they get to the ship they land they hide tobias gives them their time update 
um, and the kids sort of hide between the containers at the front of the ship. They once again refer to, can we figure out morphing shoes? Come on, Cassie, you're the genius. Um, <laughs> so just had a, and uh, Rachel jokes about him looking good in spandex. Um, <laughs> Tobias leaves. Tobias leaves because we're like, yeah, I can't land because this boat's possibly going to China or whatever. Um, <laughs> I also love that he's able to tell them how fast the ship is going because mm-hmm. he's gotten used to flying alongside roads and watching speedometers so he knows how fast he's flying. Just like, <laughs> bless this sweet nerd. Um, <laughs> there's this moment of like figuring out when they go, uh, where they are, um, of Marco says about Cassie thinking where we should go and her being uncomfortable about mm-hmm. her being the decision maker. Uh, Tobias leaves. The kids are just like chilling out for like an hour. And then we have this moment of just like, okay, time to get off the boat. This is a really big boat. How do we get off the boat? How do we get off the boat? And it was like, okay, we can jump off the boat. Um, Austin Walker boys, uh, get off the boat. Yeah. um, Marco's like, still can't swim. Uh, Just like, okay, so Marco can morph up here and we'll shove him over. And Rachel's just like, when Marco's a dolphin, he'll weigh like 400 pounds. And Jake's like, (laughs) fuck. He he says, I kind of didn't think about this when I was planning. But mentally, he clearly says, fuck. And they're, they're ready to bail out. Like mm-hmm. the, on the whole plan, Marco's like, I could start morphing then. And before I get lose my legs, you guys shove me over. He'll finish with then hitting the water. And then they're just like, nah, this will do it. What if it get, you get knocked out? Fuck it. And Cassie's just like, this is my fault. I hate it. All this. And we have this moment where she's just like, I'm not going to be responsible for anyone dying. Mm-hmm. Um, and she then like, and she I, has like a full, almost like freak right, out. Me- yeah, like, this yeah. isn't going to work. I don't know where I am. I don't know where I we're going. Do. I don't know what to do. And Marco's just and like, then Marco, great pep talk. I'm really looking forward to this. She turns about he's already started morphing. Because like, look, Marco, back. this is not a joke. But when I looked at him, I saw that his face was bulging way out, forming a long grinning beak. And um, the the imagery of that with like how Marco is, is very funny to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the fact that he was like. It's okay, Cassie. That it's a silent endorsement of what she's doing, of mm-hmm. of her choices. Like Danielle flagged in the dock, he's backing her up. Yeah, I love that he keeps trying to talk. Yeah, it's just like eh, and just like, and they were just like, okay, now we just shove him overboard. <laughs> um, he goes tumbling over the sea. Uh, Jake and Rachel. Uh, Rachel goes first. We fair, Rachel goes by going yee-haw and then jumps onto the <laughs> railing, balances, and then jumps off in a swan dive. And Jake and Cassie just like. It's Rachel. It's just like, she's your cousin. Um, <laughs> but the, the kids hit the water um, and uh, they morph. Uh, and down, down, down they go. This was the easy part. Yep. So uh, they, they all morph. They all check in and say that, it, that you know, they made it. Um, and Cassie calls up the whale's map. And <laughs> not far, I said. We're just a few. Uh, forget it. There's no word for it. Just believe me, <laughs> we're close. <laughs> yeah. They swim out using the echolocation, suss out where it is, and get ready to dive. And then they twig. Uh, Rachel spots there's a helicopter coming yeah. in, uh, dragging a yeah. uh, cable with a sensor. And they the suss out. The are here. The yurks are here. Yeah. So the kids uh, take as much deeper breath as they can. And they dive down. And then uh, we see it. Yeah. Um, 
It's I'm bouncing dope. in my chair. You cannot see me. <laughs> it's very good. Uh, and Cassie talks about how they're used to seeing impossible things. And this is mind boggling. Round as round as a plate, a very large plate from one side to another. The diameter must have been half a mile covered by a transparent dome, clear glass or whatever it is the Andalites use for glass. And within the dome, protected from the crushing force of the water was what looked very much like a park, a park in a plastic dome at the bottom of the ocean. Grass more blue than green, but it still looked like grass. There were trees like huge stems of broccoli and other trees like orange and blue asparagus spears. At the centre was a small lake, crystal clear blue water. From the water grew fantastic transparent green crystals and shapes like eccentric snowflakes. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, that's dope. <laughs> oh man, like the, the, the Andalite like, planet stuff is so good. Mm-hmm. It's so pretty sounding. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, it, they, it just makes me. Mm, it's good. <laughs> um, they spot a hatch because they're all running low on breath at this point. Um, they find a hatch. It's got a little button on the outside, and they're able to get into like the airlock. Mm-hmm. Um, get in. The water starts shining out. They morph back. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone's there. They open a door to the inside. Uh, further, and there's a Cassie catches a glimpse of something. Then there's light, and then boom, they're unconscious. Yep. Uh, Izzy bouncing intensifies. Oh yes, no, like Izzy bouncing intensifies. Yep. When they <laughs> come to, they are inside the dome. Uh Cassie comes to first. Um Jake is on one side of her and on the other side is an Andalite. Um it's my who- son. <laughs> um it's pretty tense. Um, we get the same kind of uh, description of him as an Andalite. He stood on four delicate hooves, uh, looking at first like a pale blue and tan deer or antelope, strong upper body, two small arms, many fingered hands. His face was almost triangular, built around two huge almond-shaped eyes. There were vertical slits where his nose should have been and nothing where his mouth should have been. From atop his head rose twin horns, only they weren't or- horns. Each ended in an eye. Um, and he seems gentle, quizzical, almost delicate until you notice the tail. Um, uh, I knew what he was. There is no mistaking an Andalite when you see one. Um, and he's holding a uh, what we learn is a shredder, which is like it's an energy weapon like a dragon beam. And he's pointing it at Cassie. Um, I could love Marco waking up. Just like, what the? Oh, please tell me that's a real Andalite and not Visser 3. <laughs> <laughs> and that freaks this Andalite out. And the blade is like inches from Marco's face as the tail lashes forward and like, do not speak that name. And Marco's just like, okay, <laughs> whatever you want. And Cassie, immediately trying to pacify. Yeah, yeah, we are friends. And the Andalite's just like, I don't know you. And Cassie <laughs> don't explains. Know you this, that's my person. I don't know you. Yeah. Um, and she's just like, you called me. We came to help you. And he's like, what? What are you? And we have, it is tense and it's, mm-hmm. it's very good. And you immediately, this Andalite is on the defensive, but you get very quickly the impression of how scared this Andalite is. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, what do you know about Andalites? How did you hear my message? Um, and Cassie reveals like, we knew one Andalite. We were with him when he was killed. And um, Cassie re- says uh, he had a long name. I can't remember all of it, but part of it was... Uh, Prince Elfangor and this kid 
uh, giving away the skid bit, the Adelaide jerks back, his whole body shaking, his tail arched high. No one could kill Elfangor. He's the greatest warrior ever. No one could kill him. Just like, oh, if you didn't realize this was a baby. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not baby in the literal sense, baby in the somebody that is younger than me who I'm feeling affection towards. <laughs> um, and Jake's like, no, we were there. Who killed? What? Who do you claim killed him? And they're just like the one whose name you don't want us to say. And Cassie's just like being so soft and gentle with and him. the The next the next bit is like the immediately, and this tells you a lot about Andalite culture that this is the first thing that this Andalite goes to, which is, did did he die well after saying Alfangor was his brother? And Jake clearly gets it, because he's like, he died protecting us, defeat, defying the Yerks till the end. At the very last moment, he struck with every weapon he had. Again, Jake knowing what people need to hear and uh, saying it. Uh, and then... Um, the Andalite's just like, my brother was a great warrior. His cousins loved him. His enemies feared him. No more can be said of any Andalite warrior. And then Cassie is like surprised when Jake says, I lost my brother too. I lost a brother too. He's one of them, a controller. And we have this moment where the kids explain, we fight the Yurks. Um, we were given the power to morph that Elfangor gave them. And this freaks the Andalite out. It's just like, you, we, no, you don't, we don't do that. Uh, we don't, we, that's never done. The situation would have been very bad for him to give you morphing. Um, and Mark was just like, voice of reality, Mark just like, it's worse than you think. They seem to know you're here. Um, they're on the surface now. And he's like, what's the plan to, to get you out of here? And he's just like, you came to, re- you came only to rescue me. Like, you can't believe it. Mm-hmm. It's, I have a note about this. It's like, the, the the trauma that's on top of trauma here with the Andalite, which is he's been stuck in this dome mm-hmm. for weeks. Weeks at this point, maybe a month. Mm-hmm. And at, at fuck, who knows how time works for Andalites? But that's still a long time. Mm-hmm. And he's his like he just learned his brother died, and now he's probably feeling like the most alone. Even with these kids who can who know a little bit about what's going on, still like, God, I hurt. Yeah, and <laughs> my son. He, and he has this moment of compassion, just like you're going to be tired. You need to rest. And uh, he explains where they are, how it's part of the dome ship. Mm-hmm. Um, I have this moment, just like with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and during, he's saying during the battle, the dome was separated from the rest of the ship. And I love this why. And the Andalite dug at the grass with his forehoof. I I was too young for battle by the laws of our people. Besides, the rest of the ship maneuvers better than the, without the dome. And Mark is just like, you're a kid. I mean, like a young person. And it's just like, and then we find out he is the only one here. Uh, how the Draken beams, uh, when the blade ship attacked it, uh, damaged the stabilization of the dome, how it splashed down to the ocean and sank. And how he's been there by himself, waiting for, hoping his cousins would come. And he risks sending out the mirror. And he's, bless him, he's embarrassed. Oh, he's just like, he's not supposed to explain the technology. And then my brother will. And then he would have been angry with me. <laughs> yeah. I cry. <laughs> and he's the only one who survived. No, And he's like, just me, no prince, no warriors. And it's just like, <laughs> and Cassie's just like, we'd, I guess we'd all hoped he would be, this Andalite would be like the prince, a leader. 
someone who would know more than they did. And she explains how they're technically too young to fight, but they do it anyway. Uh, he introduces himself. Uh, they introduce themselves. He uh, he introduces himself. Axamilla Escarutha Sothal. I'm sorry if I've butchered that. They all kind of st- thank you. I, yeah. <laughs> thank you. And they all just stare. And Mark is just like, Ax, pleased to meet you. Who is your and, prince? Uh, <laughs> one by one, we looked at Jake, and he's just like, "Give me a break. I'm not anyone's prince." And this is so fucking cute. Oh, it's such a good moment. <laughs> And how the Andalite steps forward, bows his head, lowers his tail. I will fight for you, Prince Jake, until I can return to my cousins. Mm-hmm. I would die for Axe. I would die for Axe. He is my son. Yep. Uh, Axe shows them around, pointing out the stuff from his home planet, uh, what they're called, uh, and how talks about how they have words for the way the lake curves forward into the grass mm-hmm. and there are names for the ways the water and sky and field interact. And mm-hmm. it's all very good. And he's, he's explaining this. And Rachel catches Cassie's eyes just like, he's cute, and she winks. And Cassie's just like, I wasn't sure I agreed. Just like, one, we know you got eyes for Jake. Two, Marco's got you, babe. It's <laughs> fine. At least that's what I understand. And I'm going to go <laughs> in with those. Those goggles were handed to me before I started reading the series, so it's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> also the nerdy science kid and the smart mouthed kid are going to be friends i don't know how anybody was expecting me not to ship it honestly, that's just honestly. like there's there's jade crack right there and there's you know how i just had a moment go oh shit that's what dumb kids happened isn't it oh, <laughs> i did that i did that i, was, did. I don't know why i didn't expecting that to happen but it did <laughs> did this to yourself I wasn't aiming to do the thing. It just happened. <laughs> <laughs> Who really I, tries for these things? Uh, <laughs> but yes, we get very good business with uh, Axe explaining. Sorry, I just saw something in another server and it was very funny. <laughs> it's talk like a pirate day today and mm-hmm. Mab was suggesting we do the recording we're doing this afternoon, uh, a vasty, oh scurvy lot, talk like a pirate day, to which Mac just replied, no. No punctuation, <laughs> no capital letters, just the flat no, and it's <laughs> glorious. Um, but anyway, um, we have we also have learned some more, like Marco expi- uh, taking in this information, Marco asking about them living there, uh, and she's like, where else will we live? We here we have space to run. There will almost be space. There must always be space to run. She's like, Ugh. my heart just go crack mm-hmm. a little bit, like a nice callback to uh, Cass talking about the dancing in the sea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Axe explains how they take their homes into space. It pisses off the yurks. Um, and then we get some more about. And Mark is like, why would they care what you take into space? And we get some more of the Andalite perspective on the Yerks. Mm-hmm. Y'all think the Yerks are petty? But yeah, part of everything they hate and would destroy if they could. The Yerks destroy what I want. And this is where Axe sort of lays it out just what the Yerks will do to the planet Earth. Mm-hmm. How the they're going to ruin it. Yeah, it is. The Yerks would take our world and make it as barren as their own, as they will do to your planet unless they are stopped. Uh, Cassie is immediately uh, very concerned about this uh, because she's a hippie and mm-hmm. I'm not going to yeah. say that she's that vegan who cares more about animals than people, but, but yeah. there's some there's a touch of that there. It's a touch but of it. Just a little bit. I, I appreciate how 
laying out just like the yolks, just like they get rid of everything they can't eat or use. I'm just like, well, that's a pragmatic way to use resources, I guess. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's good. <laughs> it's utilitarian. It's like, he said it like it was obvious, like it was some just something I should know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. And I do appreciate that, like, when Rachel's like, don't you know who you're fighting? And Rachel's like, we know they take over mines. And he's like, and that's one of their great crimes. But the Yerks are more than that. They're killers of worlds, murderers of all life, and how they're hated throughout the galaxy calls them a plague, mm-hmm. leaving desolation and slavery and misery in their wake. Mm-hmm. And Cassie, this rocks all of them. Yeah. Um, but and Cassie's just like feeling small and tired, and there are only three late races left in the known galaxy that fight the Yerks, and only the Andalites can stop them. And mm, <laughs> eh. <laughs> sure, Dan. Um, but and then Cassie asks the question of how long until the Andalites come back to Earth, and Axe is just like one, maybe two years, and Jake's just like two fucking years. Again, that he didn't swear, I did. Five kids against an enemy that has destroyed half the galaxy. Five of us. Yeah, bless. And uh, and then Axe just like gives that smile, the one he did with his eyes. Six, my prince. And then Marco, my asshole son. Six. Well then, with six, there shouldn't be any problem. It's like, <laughs> yes, my child. Um, and Rachel is, again, Marco is the strategist. Rachel thinks about war mm-hmm. and the battle. How did they get this far? How did this happen? If you're so tough, why didn't you stop them? How did the slugs become powerful? And then we get this sort of hint of shit that <laughs> acts just like I am forbidden to tell certain things and Rachel's eyes just narrow. Mm-hmm. It's some real foreshadowing about how the Andalites are and I'm yeah. super excited for you, Jade, to really get into that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Rachel's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Rachel's pissed and she's just like, you're going to keep in our way, Keep you're keeping secrets. And Axe looks pissed too, but no more pissed than her. And Cassie's just like, okay, I feel ready to morph. <laughs> uh, interrupting the tension, and she she, put, she recognizes that Rachel is angry because she's afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot to handle. Yep. Uh, we didn't really need to think about that. Every living thing on the planet was depending on us. Uh, and Jake backs Cassie up. They need to get going before it's too late. Um, we have this moment. Um, uh, Cassie's like, I wish I could forget what Axe told us. I wish I could stop seeing the pictures in my head of an earth without birds and trees, an earth where the ocean was empty and dead. Don't you know whom you're fighting? The Andalite had asked. Yes. Now I knew. I love the way that chapters end. Yeah. Isn't, they're very good. It's, it's, mm-hmm. oh. Potato chip mm. chapters. Mm. I like if a kid puts it down at the end of a chapter, it's one of those, one of those books where you're like, I, I, but I gotta keep reading. And you stay up like until mm. three in the morning with a flashlight mm-hmm. in bed with a blanket over your head. That's mm-hmm. good. Um, they gotta get out of here. Uh, Mark is like, I've got a stupid question. How do we get him out? <laughs> I'm just like, don't suppose you can swim. Um, we're a long way. And uh, Mark and Axe is just like, I would not swim in this body. I would morph a sea creature. Um, and he's just That's like, yeah, I already acquired something. It was large. You swam close. Um, and then Cassie's about asks like, what kind of animal? What did he? And then the the shadow come passes over the top of the dome. Uh, they realize there's a ship coming and it's stopped above them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's the ping of sonar. 
which is a real great precursor to the sound we're going to hear later. Like it feels again. I'm, mm-hmm. I jokingly mentioned the Jaws theme earlier, mm-hmm. but this sort of like in, encroach of sound mm-hmm. is like is is very cool. Um, I love yeah. how Marco knows that it's Sona and Rachel's like, how do you know? She's like, didn't you ever see The Hunt for Red October? Great movie. <laughs> now let's leave. <laughs> yep. um, they morph. We're watching this later. <laughs> we, yep. Yeah, uh, we morph. Uh, I love how Ka- we have this note that Cassie's concentration, almost loses concentration watching Axe morph. Mm-hmm. Uh, because ad lights already look weird. And when they morph, it's really fucking weird. Yeah, and it's it's an interesting point because like pretty much all of the vertebrates on Earth have similar skeletal structures and Mm. so you know it's bones rearranging and shifting and changing size and shape but they're still kind of the same bones whereas with andalites it's totally fucking different (laughs) Mm -hmm. um explosions start hitting the dome um axe is just like the yerks are here but he's thought speaking it i was saying he you uh, he said the word in our heads the way his brother had with hatred and with rage so deep it was impossible to comprehend it. And the uh, exterior door opens, the kids rush out and morph, and Axe is a shark. Mm-hmm. Oh, good choice, Axe. You morphed a shark. Is it wrong? <laughs> uh, your species and eyes are mortal enemies. Oh, I have a lot to earn about, learn about Earth. Here's the first lesson. Let's get out of here, Marco screamed. <laughs> and it's good, and I love it. Um, and the kids are sort of uh, busting out of there, and Axe asks oh, what hosts they have. Uh, they use hawkbushes and humans is told, oh, they don't swim. We're fine. The yurks know little of deep waters. Oh, good. All oh, they've had a hawkbush are taxons, of course. Taxons. Yes, is that a problem? <laughs> <laughs> Enter taxons. No, wait. First, also. First. First, oh, the first. ship is here. Visser 3 Visser is three. here. Visser 3 is here. Is then here. it's the taxons. Yes. My apologies. I got very excited <laughs> because the visual of a taxon swimming is like a tardigrade, and I like tardigrades. <laughs> it's very good, but it's also like, Mr. Three's here, Mr. and then Three's the taxons. Like, Dozen oh, splashes. I really appreciate And then we have to deal with the taxons. Um, Axe is like, I feel like this body can fight. It's just like, good instincts, kid. Um, <laughs> yep. I love the fucking description of one of them headbutting a taxon that basically explodes like a wet paper Ugh. bag. It's disgusting yep. and so Ugh. good. Yep. <laughs> it's I so really gross. like Jake taking control of the situation and saying, pick a target. Mm-hmm. Which is like, oh, oh buddy. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Cassie hits this taxon. Just like I expected it to be like the shark. It was not. It was like hitting a soggy paper bag with a sledgehammer. The taxon bursts like a dropped watermelon. And Cassie understandably freaks out and wants to throw up and just like gets out of here. And it's quickly very disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, we have this the good observation about how scientists believe sharks are one of the oldest species, how they've not had to evolve. And she talks a little bit about how dolphins did. Mm-hmm. Um, and how she doesn't know how taxons evolved, uh, but they were not ready for this ocean, um, and there were no match for dolphins or shark. And Jake's just like they've had enough, uh, and just like they and Rachel's like they're not so tough. Rachel, not so tough, are they? Rachel asked, trying to sound tough herself, but mm-hmm. she seemed shaky to me. Um, but the kids bounce. They uh, they they go up to the surface. They take a breath, but there's the blade ship hovering above the water. Hmm. <laughs> they start to head for the nearest island 
um, Axe asks how they tell the time, and they're like, uh, you know, sometimes we have a watch, but most times we just kind of guess. And he's like, oh, with your permission, I will keep track of time. <laughs> because oh, this is just fucking uh, convenient. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the thing is, they had to, otherwise, a lot more people would get stuck in morph. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I'm still um, just like convenient. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I do appreciate though the acts just like we have been in morph for approximately thirty percent of the safe time, and then Cassie's trying to do the maths of what thirty percent of two hours is, and it's <laughs> mood. Yeah, um, I wouldn't have been able to do it. She's smarter yeah, than no, me. me neither. And then we have this blump sound of something big hitting the water, and this repeated sound like we had the sound of a thump, thump, thump. And I hate it. To, yeah, they're trying to suss out what it is. Mm -hmm. And we just hear that noise again, and it's getting closer. Mm -hmm. And Cassie's just like, oh, yeah, I can do echolocation. Uh, and they're all like, oh, yeah, so can we. Um, and they do. And they Ugh. realize how big it is, that it's fast, it's after them. Cassie goes up to air and clocks what this looks like. Mm -hmm. A dark red, almost purple hump above the water. It seemed to be covered with hundreds of small fish tails, all beating frantically. And Cassie's like, Axe, there seems to be something back there. Don't think it's from Earth. She describes it. And Axe just, oh, it's a madrup. What does that mean? Oh, he explains what it is, how it's a, a creature from an ocean of one of the Andalite moons. Uh, to think that there was that filthy yerk scum on one of our moons, acquiring our animals. And Cassie's just like, Axe, look. What is, <laughs> what what is, is a madrup? <laughs> and, uh, and explains how it swims by shooting water out of three large chambers. And how it makes a sound, and then we have the sound, and Mark's just like, that sound? And Max is like, yeah, I guess I didn't recognize it. I only heard it once, and that was in school, and I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> Fucking Axe rude. <laughs> is a jock who daydreams in class, send tweet. Um, yes. And Cassie, like, you send that tweet. It almost, yeah. <laughs> it almost makes Cassie laugh the image of an Andalite classroom where Andalite students zoomed out on the lesson, just like we did. But really, it wasn't a good time for laughing. And Axe says, that's no true mandra. And Jake's like, nope. And then you know who and what is chasing us. Axe seems surprised. You understand that this is Visser 3 and Morph. And Hager's like, yeah, we met. We've met. Just like, <laughs> you fought Visser you fought Vista 3 and you live? I honor you. Yeah, swell. Thanks. But I trade that honor for a good outboard engine so I could outrun that evil creep. Uh, they basically try to outswim the creature. They, they're just trying to outrun it because they recognize that fighting it would not go well this was the most exhausting scene to read and it's not mm -hmm. even that long yeah mm -hmm. it's just exhausting to read because you can it's really well written just how much this is affecting them as mm -hmm. they're trying to get away yeah. and, and the then of course mr three is Visser three yeah, we have the constant interjection of the womp, womp, womp as well. And then Vesa 3 just being like, I am coming for you, brave Handelite warriors. I am coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> I will continue doing that vaguely sneery voice with Vesa 3 if people enjoy it. It's um, very good. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite as good as Danielle's Vesa 3 voice, though. Oh, that that fucking... The, 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 oh, that was very good. Mm. <laughs> the distortion um, on it was very good. That's all yeah. Brian. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we uh, and we have the uh, explanation of that um, the vibe the aura that Vista Three puts out and it's really hard for Axe to deal with because he's not dealt with it before mm -hmm. um, and Axe starts to panic um, understandably, understandably. Uh, he will he will kill us he will kill us he killed Elfangor and then they're just like don't think 
don't think about it. Hang in there. We'll get you. And his fear, and uh, he says Axe's fear is catching. And that's probably generally a thing, but also Andalites project emotions anyway. So, yeah. yes. And being in um, Morph, it's a lot easier to pick up on that too. Yeah. Um, Visa 3 is like five body lengths away from them and they realize they're tapped. And Cassie's freaked out and she's like, I told myself this is the end. Um, just like, I would not. Again, 13 years old. <laughs> I felt the terrible hatred surge in me again, but I didn't want to end my life that way. I would not die with hate in my heart. That would be one victory I could deny Visa 3. And then I let my mind drift, even as my shattered body struggled to go on. I felt my mind floating back to the barn and all the animals there, to my father, my mother, to Jake. I remembered good things, riding the high thermals with Tobias and the others with wings spread wide. Good days, sitting at my grandmother's feet as she told me the story of our family, all, of all the generations who had lived on and worked the farm. And then a more recent memory surfaced, the whale. I remembered his huge, gentle silence filling my mind. I could even hear his song. And when it's the moment of, oh, that's not a memory. I can actually hear him. And <laughs> she realizes the whale is not far away and screams for help. Mm-hmm. Um, and acts as helpfully. It, it's, it's the way it's described as like a child with a nightmare calling for her mother. It's, it's mm-hmm. ooh, that visceral in a good way again. Yeah. And I like the wedding that the monster is after me, the destroyer, the evil one. Help me. Mm-hmm. And Axe is like, we've used 80% of our time, Axe managed to say, which Marco immediately knows is 24 minutes left. Smart boy. Smart boy. Um, and Rachel's like, I can't keep going. He's too close. We're going to fight. And Axe like, we can't win. But And Jake's just like, we know. But if I have to lose, I'd rather lose fighting than let him catch us one by one. And Axe just like, that is a very Andalite thing to say, Axe said. We have a lot in common. I wish it had ended differently. She's like, babies! You babies! <laughs> yep. Um, and they're like, on the count of three, they all stop. And we have another moment, fucking mm-hmm. Cassie to J- Jake. I wanted to tell you, yeah, me too, Cassie. He says, just like, you fucks! <laughs> you fucks! <laughs> I'm not referring to the children, I'm referring to Kay Applegate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm saying you fucks. Yeah. Um, yeah help me i cried one last time but i knew there was no one to help and then i let it all go and said goodbye i'm physically <sighs> i made up my mind what to do with you as long after this long chase i'm really quite hungry which is given that we know <laughs> what he did mm-hmm. is just an extra little twist of the knife and then the fucking whales are here yep the great <laughs> ones the whales, five, five fucking whales show up, sperm whales, like kick the butt out of this fucking madra and just like literally have dived deep and then come up just to fucking body slam mm-hmm. the madrat. And then the whale, my whale, because that's how I thought of him, began to lash the madrat with his tail, hammer blows, hits that could have knocked walls down again and again as two smaller females joined in and the two sperm were circled back for another attack and then Vissa 3 fucking runs off mm-hmm. valid frankly and Mark's just like I don't <laughs> think Vissa 3 likes whales very much I don't think he likes them at all and it's just very good um, Cassie observes the whales aren't good at killing mm-hmm. um, and they just sort of chase him for a little bit and they don't have a talent for hating and destroying and we have this moment where Cassie wants to thank 
the whale when it comes back. Um, but she tries to, even though whales don't really think in human words or human thoughts. And we have, again, some great sort of like Cassie pontificating about the nature of whales. And it's genuinely oh, it's, quite lovely. It is. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. People who argue about how smart whales are or whether they are as smart as humans kind of miss the point. Whales will never read books or build rockets or do algebra. In all of those areas, humans are smarter. Humans are the great brains of planet Earth. But it isn't necessary to believe whales are as smart as humans to believe that they are great. They don't have to know words to sing songs. They don't have to be anything but what they are to be magnificent. And even though I don't really know what a soul is, I know this. If humans have them, then so do whales. Mm-hmm. And I love that we have this moment of um, the almost, it wasn't Cassie that called for help, it was the sea to mm-hmm. respond to the presence of an abomination. Um, and Cassie's like, I never told Jake and the others, they would have laughed, or at least Marco would have. Um, Axe points out that the morph time is almost up and the whale carries them back mm-hmm. uh, to shore, which they, is like, lovely. They fall asleep on the whales. That's mm-hmm. so cute. Yeah. Uh, they get back to shore. Oh, I love that. Cassie wakes up and Jake is just smiling at her. Just <laughs> very cute. Um, have this moment. Um, and Jake like, yeah, you were right. You trusted your feelings. We followed you and we're safe. Um, and Cassie's like, yeah, I still don't want to do it again. And they just have this really cute moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jake follows up on asking her if, because she was worried about being a dolphin. Um, and Cassie's just like, it, it, all the animals are at risk. It's about all of us. Mm-hmm. And there we have Cassie's mission statement. Mm-hmm. How it's about not just the people. Mm-hmm. Got to save the animals too. <laughs> What a good little hippie. Um, and, uh, yeah. We'd used the dolphins to save them. We'd used other animals to save them too. And that mm-hmm. made it okay. Yep. Uh, we... And... Go on, uh, Yeah, go. I, and I was probably about to say the exact same thing Daniel was about to start saying. Um, <laughs> they come up out of the ocean they go back to the river where they first entered it um and return to their human bodies uh and axe morphs back to andalite he's very confused about uh the humans wearing clothes um and he's like why does it protect you from the environment uh and marco being a jokester yes that plus the fact that people get very upset if you walk around naked um, and then Tobias comes back and he's like, hey, you guys made it and you found an Andalite. <laughs> I didn't think it was real. Oh, great. <laughs> and this is fucking, he makes this joke about mm-hmm. liking the morph so much he moved in permanently and Axe is just like immediately like, oh my God, you were trapped. And Axe um, just like gets very solemn mm-hmm. and just like, you have paid a price for the gift of my brother Elfangor. And then Tobias the autistic Tobias vibes, just like Prince Elfangor was your brother, Tobias demanded. His hawk eyes glittered. I was with him at the end. Instant bond. Mm-hmm. And Jake's Best like, this friends. is all fine, but we have to get out of here and decide what to do with Axe. And Cassie's just like, oh, he can come to the farm. Uh, and Mark was just like, 
doesn't explain how we're going to get him there. People are going to notice the big blue deer with extra eyes and a scorpion tail. And he's mm-hmm. just, and acts like, I must morph. And Rachel's like, yeah, but into what? And then Axe acquires all of the kids. Mm-hmm. So so with this with this book, everybody remembers Marco getting like almost died. Like everybody remembers Marco getting almost torn in half. Mm-hmm. I remember this. Mm-hmm. I love this. It's very Sup- good. Super specifically, I remember yeah, Axe Ax- morphing into all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Axe touches all of the kids on like the forehead, uh, their face, and then he begins to morph into. Wait, hang on. Hmm. Mm. That's how Andalites kiss, though. Ha! <laughs> oh, shit! <laughs> oh, let me be clear. What does it say? Um, yeah, no, he places one hand on all of their faces. <laughs> Where oh, is buddy. my polycule Animorphs as adults fic, please? Uh, it's me. There... It's in me. It's mm. inside of me. And I'm going to ex- write it. <laughs> that exists. A lot of it. Oh, that my exists. God. Please. Very good. <laughs> Thank you. Please. Um, but yeah, so he he acquires Cassie first. Yep. Um, and he's just like, oh, you're just going to do that. And he touches all of them. And he creates this mixture of all of them. And to be fair, he starts shifting into human and Cassie's like, oh, we should turn around. Um, and I like, I love how Marco is the one, uh, given that uh, Kay Applegate said, yeah, Marco would be bi if we were writing it now. Just like, is he going to be a boy or a girl? Marco wanted either way. Let's turn our heads. We did probably in time. Jake's like, uh, there's some clothes in there. Put them on. They, he does. They turn around. He's got the t-shirt pulled up like shorts and the boxes on his head. Um, and Jake. <laughs> and what I love about this is Jake then asks Axe a few small adjustments needed on your clothes. Are you male or female? Mm-hmm. And here, hello, some gender feels. This is such a very important like mix of words. Yeah. yeah, and we have this, um, and Daniel pointed out this echolalia, and he's like learning to talk mm-hmm. with a mouth yeah. for the first yeah. time and struggling with this question, but he's like, I choose to be male. Mm-hmm. And he stutters like, on the B or stutters mm-hmm. or just repeats it over and over. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. there's not much of a difference between the two being somebody yeah. who stutters and echolalia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I just like, I choose male because I am male. It's just like, mmm, yep, mm. hit me right in my uh, mm. my trans heart. It's good. Mwah. Mwah. And he asks if it's a good choice. And then he's just like having fun saying choice. the word choice mm-hmm. and st- sticks out his tongue and like talking's weird. And Jake's just like, male is fine. And uh, then the girls turn around. Um, <laughs> he tells the girls to turn around so they can help Axe adjust his clothing. And then, but he did not, Axe was dressed normally, uh, but he did not look normal. He was of medium build, a medium height, a perfect balance between Rachel and Marco. He was of medium build, somewhere between Jake and Marco. His hair was brown with just a little of Rachel's gold and a little of my curl. His skin was the color of light brown sugar, a blending of my brown and Marco's olive and Jake and Rachel's pale white. He was human and yet somehow strange. He's also hot. I know he's 13, but also that's a really cute person being described there. <laughs> this is somebody where you would look at them and be like, oh, you're going to grow up to be so handsome. Yeah. Yeah. That's just like such a wonderful visual. This is my son. This is my son. But the <laughs> fact that, and the fact that he is the product of all of them mm-hmm. is, is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like this is his exposure to humans, and so he become he takes a part of all of them to create his own human his human sona, mm-hmm. if you will. 
<laughs> but and I and I like if you are this epitome of all of them, and I like this that it, he's not white mm-hmm. as well. It's, it's good. He's not like a super one thing or another. He's like, and also shout out to my fellow non-binary folk. He's mm. also he's chosen to be male, but also he is intrinsically mm-hmm. neither male nor female from a biological point of view, which is mm-hmm. rad as hell. But yeah. also his body. He knew he was male, and so his body shaped itself accordingly. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be good. a wonder- Wouldn't that be a fucking wonderful thing? Um, but actually, this is interesting because um, Danielle and I have talked a little bit about this with Kel uh, in Dumb Kids, who is um, non-binary, uh, specifically uh, trans femme, and we've talked about if because at the moment they can't because they don't have any morphs of um, biological females. Uh, And I made that choice very purposely, even if um, Ariel had been available as a a morph for Kel to acquire. The thought of having access to a human woman is a very scary thing for Kel because they don't know if they would maybe want to stay that way and they Mm -hmm. don't want to give themselves access to that yet. But eventually I might get to the point where they have access to and when they morph back to being Kel, they've been able to shape their body into more how their gender is, mm. which is cool as fuck. So, but that's that's for later. Regardless, <laughs> I really appreciate Kay Applegate giving good gender feels. <laughs> so. Uh, there's also the <laughs> very amusing moment where he's still getting used to being human. Uh, mm-hmm. He jerked his head this way and that. How do you look? <laughs> How do you look around? How do you look How behind? Do you look behind? You? <laughs> and then <laughs> tries to walk. It's just like you only have two legs now. It's just like hmm, two shaky. Mark is like, yeah, we're a shaky species. <laughs> like you don't even have tails. How do you do this? Yeah, yeah. Why is balancing? Like, hey, Axe, don't talk to any strangers on the way home, okay? <laughs> yeah. Just don't. Just don't. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Then it's good. And the kids go home a couple of days later uh, and we have Cassie going to the gardens again. Uh, flies over there in Seagull Morph and goes to the dolphin tank. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's no lights on. She can hear the dolphins swimming. And the dolphins being dolphins are all just like, oh, visitor. And she's just like, got no food. Sorry about that. And she gets into the tank and she turns into a dolphin. Mm-hmm. This is and a I love how for the dolphins. Yeah, and I love how she says, this is a dumb thing to do, really. I knew it was dumb, but I felt like it was something I had to do. Mm-hmm. I wanted to show them what I had done. I wanted their permission to become one of them. I wanted to find some way of telling them everything. And then this is happening, just like, but you know, once I was in that dolphin body again, it was hard to remember all my solemn worries. It was hard to remember why I had come. Hard to remember fear and worry and guilt. One of them came over, gave me a nudge and shot towards the surface. She exploded into the air and fell back as silent and smooth as an arrow. They were asking me to play. They were asking me to dance with them. And so I did. It's a very gentle note to end on for what this book is. Mm-hmm. Mm. But I also keep having this thought, like, how did she keep track of time? <laughs> Yeah. 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 yeah, let's hand wave that. Yeah, but I I like that, and it's I suppose it's in given how the first books end with all of them and like the mission statements and stuff like that. Jake's mm-hmm. like they're they're coming until then we fight mm-hmm. and reinforce that. And I like that Cassie as 
the heart of this group is such a gentle thing. Just like, this is what is happening. And I am here in this moment and I am present. Mm -hmm. It's good. It's very good. good. So, so had you questions. That was good fun. <laughs> good fun. Good content. Good. <laughs> Axe's baby. Axe is baby. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I am very this glad. This is to my see son. <laughs> like even somebody who has didn't has only really read a few. It's just like. I, since I just like, so when does Axe show up? Because like, I know there's an Andalite in the group. <laughs> like there's a bunch of the books with the Andalite on the cover. Mm-hmm. I know that this is a thing. His introduction did not disappoint. Mm-hmm. It's very good. He's so good. I have a lot of emotions about Axe. Mm-hmm. Same. Uh. I also have die. a lot of emotions about this dolphin morph that won't be relevant for 50 books. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Jen, I'm looking at you through time and space. I want to add to our drink along. Uh, Danielle says something foreboding about a future book. <laughs> <laughs> Danielle oh, hints at something upsetting that comes later. That's <laughs> Danielle and I both in this one. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know just enough to be dangerous. The sad future is hinted at, or future trauma, or future <sighs> angst. Yeah. I'm okay, trying to see so, if there were any questions in my original thing before I agreed to come on the book, if there's... Yeah, I put them here. There are questions four, five, and six at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, uh, yes. I think the only one I really want to ask is the fifth one. Yeah. <laughs> Just because of the way I worded it. Yeah. Uh, so, how long can a freshwater fish stay in saltwater? So, the thing is, with that, with that scene... Where they morph into freshwater fish to get away from the sharing controllers at the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, that particular scene stood out way more to me as a kid. Like, <laughs> here it's like maybe half a page of them being like, yes, this is very uncomfortable. Let's get out of here. And yet, little me was like, oh god, they swim through this and then they can feel it eating through their scales and and until they get mm-hmm. back to the river. And maybe that happens in another book. Maybe I hallucinated it. I don't know. I, kids um, have very active imaginations when it comes to this. There's a lot of books that I have reread as an adult that I'm like, this scene that I distinctly <laughs> remember being in this book is not here. Did I make this up? I must have yeah. made this up. Yeah. Because you just you flesh that shit out. That's why a lot of kids' books aren't super meaty. Because mm-hmm. they... There is a degree where, one, it's the authors being lazy, but there's also, like, there's certain things where, like, you can trust a kid to fill that shit out. Yeah. Because they just, they fucking, their brains go fucking wild. Mm-hmm. It's great. Kids are great. Yeah, it is. Uh, but to answer your question, Izzy, it's, like, <laughs> a few minutes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh. They were definitely too far away from the river. Yeah. I suppose I mean, it's like yeah. the equivalent of us being in a environment where there's more carbon dioxide than there should be. Mm-hmm. Like you can live with it for a while, but it's going to get uncomfortable fast. Yeah. And after a point, you are going to pass the threshold where it is yeah. just going to hurt the thing, you. The thing is that, um, well, because of the way that fish work, with you mm. know, they're constantly consuming this water essentially. Yes. Um, and osmosis being the way that it is, water goes to the area where it is 
uh, more concentrated. So basically they would be being actively dehydrated every time they took a breath um, in a, in a way that would uh, kill their cells. Um, But also like they can morph away injury and they probably didn't think about that too much when they, when they morphed the fish uh, in terms of like, Oh, this is really, really uncomfortable and bad. They're not thinking about, oh, this is actively killing this this body. Um, and so they make it out. Uh, uh, your other question is, how do we feel about Axe being on that Andalite propaganda Kool-Aid? Well, the thing is, <laughs> we don't know yet as readers that it is propaganda. So I just know. <laughs> I know. You and I know. <laughs> and Jade knows by association. Um. I think but it very much feels like a child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Saying like, like when you are scared and alone, you are going to fall back on the things that you know. She's like, no, I don't tell people things. No, mm-hmm. the Yerks are bad. And it mm-hmm. feels very much like a child clinging to what they need to know to justify what's happening around them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's upsetting as all hell. I mean, even even if I hadn't on reading the way, just like it strikes me as bad. Like even if I knew nothing about how the Andalites, mm. it's it's with it's the it's the level of like sureness and just like there's no room for any discussion on it that makes you think like because mm, mm. yeah. even if you don't know, you're just like that's a really strong opinion for a child to have. Mm-hmm. They're that's parroting something. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So uh, please enjoy the incorrect DKPH quote that Matt came up with that I just posted in the channel because I had to stifle myself from laughing. Oh boy. Oh, what is it? <laughs> I think it's just because I can hear it very clearly in Brian's voice. <laughs> 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 That's good. That's good. Oh, God. It's very good. That's very good. Uh, uh, but yes. Um, uh, How do we, go ahead. Yeah. How do we feel about the justification the kids make for morphing animals to save the world? I mean, I have very specific, cultivated thoughts about the animals that they're morphing, and also mm-hmm. future thoughts because they do morph human in the future. Um. Hell, Cassie morphs a human in the future. Um, so it's... Uh, I, I have very specific thoughts, but I'd be interested to hear what yours are. I think it's a very... Un- their position, as I read it, I can understand it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I eat meat. Mm-hmm. I wear leather. Like... Yep. I don't... If I was a vegan... I might feel very differently about it. Mm-hmm. The way I understand morphing may be incorrect, but for me, it doesn't feel like, because they're creating something that didn't exist before mm-hmm. when they morph. Mm-hmm. So I personally, me, Jay, going, if I was given the ability to morph, maybe it'd be different if I actually had access to somebody's brain, but my own brain does its own making me feel like shit as it is. <laughs> I really don't need to be worrying about the moral implication of am I controlling an animal that can't justify this to itself? So Mm -hmm. is this wrong? Mm -hmm. I eat animals, like, and this is war. 
Yeah, that's a big one. Some of this also feels like, like when I was thinking about this question, like when I asked it, there's a little bit of this that kind of feels like if you were going to make an argument against this, it feels a little bit about the arguments people have about cloning animals. Because mm. it's it's a similar thing. You're essentially making like a clone of the animal, but you are the animal. Yeah. Uh, and you're like, is this the same animal or is this different? And then my brain goes off on a tangent about Star Wars because I've been thinking about the clones too much. Uh, see, you're possibly a better person than because I just think about the things just like uh, that whole, this is not safe for work, about that whole, would you have sex with your clone oh. <laughs> thing? <laughs> no, I've thought about that too. Uh, with Star Wars, still. <laughs> Will and I have had some great conversations. <laughs> but yeah, so for me, I can understand the need especially as a compassionate young person, to justify what I'm doing. Yeah. And I think the justification they make, I feel, is fair enough. Mm -hmm. Like, I would, I don't think I would have had the ethical dilemma in the first place. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> yeah, so. I don't think I would have either. I think I would have been a little bit more Rachel about it. Like, oh, this is kind of cool. Yeah. 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 I think because... K.A. had to make a decision about how they were going to make these morphs work. And they put this in here because they wanted kids to think about that implication. But then they also made it so that that is definitely not the case. Mm. Right? Um, yeah. So So they, in effect, set up this moral quandary and then dodged it completely. Um, yeah. Except that, except that Cassie continues to come back to this moral quandary that isn't actually a moral quandary because they do say explicitly that when they morph the dolphin, like it's not like another sentient mind bubbling up under your own. Like you don't have a, uh, for lack of a better word, complete other animal in there with you. Um, yeah, I feel yeah. like this comes back to the fact that, like, we pointed this out, Cassie overthinks on things if she mm -hmm. has the mm -hmm. space and time to think about it. Like, yeah. in the moment, it's like, oh, I'm just, I have to morph this. Okay, let's go. But then, like, later on, she's like, but should I have? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Cassie is the only person that could have had that quandary as well. Yes, mm -hmm. it's true. So I'm kind of glad it was in there, even if it does feel like a little bit of a cop out with the answer. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like it's good storytelling yeah. and responsible when you are doing telling a story about war. Mm -hmm. I think it is a worthwhile thing to posit. Yeah, it feels like less of a cop out because like they're in a war, so it's like Cassie wants to be able to think about this. She wants to be able to like uh, philosophize mm -hmm. about it. She wants to 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 really like think about this and like. Were she an adult, she'd be like, I need to write a fucking thesis. <laughs> mm -hmm. But there's war. And she's in the middle of it. And she, if she gives herself enough space to think about it like that, she's not going to be able to do what she needs to do to make sure that everything doesn't die. It is an <sighs> unfortunate uh, <coughs> argument for... Uh, 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 shit, I lost the words immediately. Uh, argument for um the 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 means just like the the ends justify the means, means justify the aid yeah mm -hmm. and it's it's because typically i hate that argument 
But it, yeah. it's one of those where it's like, but if you're in the middle of it, there's only so many good decisions you can make because tragically war is not ethical. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. this, it's an interesting thing. It comes back to, um, again, I'm going to talk about dumb kids. Wow. Come listen to dumb kids. It's great. Um, the way that Danielle described Kel in the little bios on uh, the Roomware website uh, as being um, kind but pragmatic, mm -hmm. which I really like because I didn't expressly, when I started playing that character, think about Kel's concern being with kind. Mm -hmm. But they do try to be kind. Mm -hmm. But they are at heart a pragmatist. Like we recently had a discussion about what possibly to do with a character, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> a prisoner. Don't spoil it. Yeah, that's, I'm aware. <laughs> but like, and there was a discussion of, well, this option. And it was just like, yeah, Mike Kell would offer to do the hard thing. Mm -hmm. So oh. somebody else didn't have to. Uh, you're going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> and I appreciate that Brian and Do with Dante was also the same way. Mm -hmm. And given how much I project on looking at Dante going, that's not a do neurotypical person there either, <laughs> which is, I think, part of why Dante and Kel get on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But both of them, it's interesting to play somebody that, and, I, and this is something that I, Jade, am accused of frequently. Uh, I got told once that they, somebody would want me around in the case of a, zombie apocalypse because mm -hmm. they feel like I could make the hard pragmatic choices mm -hmm. and I wouldn't do it because I wanted to do it but mm -hmm. because it was the thing that needed to be done mm -hmm. and that's a weighty thing to have people think of you but also kind of touching just like I know you are an empathetic compassionate person and you would not make that choice if you didn't think it was absolutely the necessary thing to do mm -hmm. right. and then you would do it right which yeah. is part of why you trust that decision making yeah um, yeah so it's it's cool and interesting, and I very much like playing in the Animorphs universe or the alternate version of it that we have created. <laughs> and I'm really liking reading the books and how that gets to the lens it brings to the story, the, mm -hmm. the different story that is also the same story yep. that we're telling and how different it already is, mm -hmm. but the similarities that are there. Mm -hmm. Looks at Fascinating Ariel. to me. I die <laughs> like well it's interesting and this might be something that we talk about off mic because we're getting off topic and i'm aware we're over time anyway um we'll talk about it in a minute uh come listen to dumb kids uh come listen but to dumb kids. do it do it please come listen to dumb kids we're very proud of it if, if you are um, listening to this podcast and not listening to dumb kids what are you doing with your life <laughs> i mean i guess you don't like listening to actual play podcasts but ah, I mean, if you haven't yeah. listened to one before give it a try uh, it's oh, not, this it's is not quite this... like a D&D podcast. <laughs> this is a call yeah. out specifically for my friend Kit. You need to listen to Dumb Kids Playing Hero. Do it. <laughs> hey, Kit, I know who you are now. <laughs> I've been talking about um, you to Danielle for months, being like, yeah. I'm trying to convince my friend Kit to listen to Dumb Kids. <laughs> um, I feel like we've covered, do we want to quickly do the favorite part thing? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. At least favorite part. Yeah. Um, Izzy, what was your favorite part of number four, the message? Um, honestly, it's where Axe asks, uh, with your permission, before acquiring everybody. It's it's a mm. little it's a little thing. And even though there's not really the space that I think should have been given for Cassie to say, uh, okay, mm -hmm. it's still that that little moment where 
Axe is still young enough, even though he has grown up in a war state, basically, still young enough to understand that that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it was it it's an important moment to me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, is <laughs> it's just like oh my son, because mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if another like older Andalite would have asked that like any of the soldiers mm. mm-hmm. yeah it's true what about you jade there are lots of small beats and like there's things i like for different reasons mm-hmm. um it's hard to say with this one because i really like the visual of at uh, the end with axe acquiring the kids and mm-hmm. becoming them and i think that's beautiful mm-hmm. i also my brain is going back to the conversation between marco and cassie mm-hmm. <sighs> talking about talking about fear mm-hmm. and what it is to make the choices that they're making yeah i can just pitch like the camera being sat in like this empty dried swimming pool mm-hmm. up to the right yeah. and the two of them there uh-huh. together yeah, and it's just very good. That very, la- very like good. I can imagine, like the camera like cutting to behind them in the last like mm. bit of their conversation. Mm. Yeah, with like the light coming from like in front of them, and it's ah, mm-hmm. uh, it's a good moment. Character relationships are my bread and butter. It's why shipping is such a thing for me. Anyway, Same. it's why I love playing actual play games. It's why I play t- tabletop games. Mm-hmm. Plots are great. And I love a good story, but I am in it for the way people relate to each other. Mm-hmm. Always. I can read the thing that's got no plot. If the interactions between the characters are good, or they make me laugh, or they make me cry, I don't care. That's yeah. that's why I'm here. And I love that. And I love these kids and the way they relate to each other. And they hurt me. And it's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Danielle? Do you have a favorite part? Uh... Honestly, this whole fucking book is just so good. Um, this is a very like, good book. On, mm. on multiple occasions here, I wrote, uh, you know, I know I can't quote the entire chapter, but like, holy fuck, this entire chapter is so packed full mm. of really good character shit. Cassie's um, a real good narrator. Yeah, she is. She um, is not my favorite character, but yeah. I really like her voice. Mm-hmm. Um. I think my favorite would have to be just the uh, the Jake Cassie moments as kind of as a whole, mm. like especially mm. the the bit where he's shoveling manure with her in the barn um, and talking about off well offering to make the decision for her and also manipulating her to make the decision, um, and uh, the bit where. Uh, after the meeting where she takes his hand and is like, don't ever get hurt. Uh, uh, this kills the Danielle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so good. it's very, 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 very good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So All right. Izzy. Yes. Where can people find you? Thank you for joining us. <laughs> mm. I it was I, I had fun. <laughs> I hurt, but I had fun. Um uh-huh. people can I have been Izzy. I will continue to be Izzy probably forever. I don't know. Uh, uh you can find me on Twitter at the Sean Deer. You can 
find me most places is that and you can find the podcast that i do with danielle at hope's hearth pod on twitter yeah uh my co-host has been jade uh you can find them on twitter at jade oxford rose you can find the actual play podcast that they do at ftl cast uh you can also find them on dumb kids playing hero which now has a twitter at dkphpod and you can find my co-host Danielle at RedtailedHawk90 on Twitter. You can find the actual play podcast they call home, The Room Where It Happened, at RoomWebPod on Twitter. And you can find the podcasting guild that we are a part of, that Hope's Arthur is affiliated with, at Stones underscore Standing on Twitter. And you can keep kept up to date with the episodes of the numerous podcasts that we produce and our live streams as they occur. I hope you'll join us. Uh, next book is book five. I get to hear from my son. <laughs> my son? Very good. <laughs> yep. Alrighty. All right. Uh, let's do one more clap. Yeah. Let's do another clap. Got time. That is open. Excellent. 50? 50. 50. 50.